0: When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is no better show on your radio. This is Around the House with Eric G. Everybody stop what you're doing, please! From your back fence to the sidewalk, Eric will tell you how to keep it all in tip-top shape while helping you save a buck while doing it. If you like DIY projects, it takes a lot of practice to get good at it, and Eric is here to guide the way. These are the wrong plans! These are the old plans! All that and more on the fastest two hours of Home Improvement Radio. Stop it! Stop what you Welcome, Welcome to Around the House with Eric G. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G. This is where we talk home improvement every single weekend. Thanks for joining us. You know, we've got a special co-host on... The radio and the podcast today, Caroline B. Welcome to Around the House.
1: Woohoo! Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah,
0: it's awesome oh, to have I love you the here. Applause.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So
0: well, you are known as America's healthy home expert. You that is one of your just wheelhouse things that you talk about every single day for your nine to five.
1: Every single day for 20 years and 30,000 houses.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely.
1: We have a little experience, right? Between you and me. No kidding.
0: No, just a bit between you and I. I mean, that's the fun part. And you have some, like a, if we want to go back in the Wayback Machine, you even worked in radio before that. That's
1: right. My first my first job, well, I mean, you and I both had licenses for radio stations when we were like 16 so yep, we started. The yellow a, one. Yeah, <laughs> that yellow little piece of paper that said we were allowed to be on the air. FCC approved. <laughs> yep.
0: Little stamp and.
1: <laughs> we had a vote. Those were the program. They were. We had a vote tech yep. program in our high school. And so I just you know fell in love with it and I wanted to be part of it. And so we got to have radio stations and. After school and at night in the library, the the radio station was inside the library, and we just had so much fun. You can imagine like a bunch of rambunctious like little kids running around and <laughs> like teenagers.
0: Oh man, we had a we had a high school program, but it was in this. Uh, it was they called it Tavac. It was like the Tri Cities Area Vocational Skills Center back then, and so all the high schools in the area ship the kids to that and it was real close to my high school which is great but we had a hard rock station in the in the 80s when i was doing mine and we started to get the other station the rock stations in town kind of mad because our ratings were beating some of the other <laughs> rock stations and so we were trying to go get hired by these people but we were also making them a little bit mad because we were trying to really rock it i mean we had you know we we were the ones in the town that broke guns and roses because we had their demo You know, we were playing Guns N' Roses a year and a half before they made it, and and a lot of the Seattle bands as well. So it was a lot of fun, um, and we got in trouble so much for breaking about every single rule in radio. And uh, it didn't go well sometimes. I I think I got kicked off the air once for a week, but that's high school for you.
1: And we can date ourselves too because we had, like, to play commercials and sound effects. Remember, we had carts. These were these things for people who don't know in radio, they – you used to be able to record things onto different devices, right? So it wasn't this convenience yep. that we have now with like Riverside. It was, you had to record something to a cart and then you had to play this giant cart that looked like an eight track, remember?
0: That? <laughs> yep, it, it looked like an eight track. And then you had to wait after you're done to make sure it re-queued up. And so you'd get so mad at the other hosts that weren't <laughs> requeuing their carts because you'd hit play <laughs> on it and there'd be nothing there and you're hanging going, who didn't requeue the cart? <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. Or label them correctly, even.
1: We had no, like, <laughs> rules. And I remember I, liked I was into dance music back then. This was, like, early 90s. And uh, I wanted to play TKA. Over and over. And there was nobody like, <laughs> God. we were on this like FM station that they just let these kids run. And so we were play whatever song we wanted over and over again. So it was just, it was it was a great time. It was a really good time.
0: Yeah, I made the, my biggest mistake in my early years of radio was we got a, a pre-sample copy of Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses, and put it up there <laughs> before it was released. And I should have listened to that all the way through before I played it. Because there's more than one song that has a dozen F bombs in it. And <laughs> I was catching it after it was going off the air. There was no dump button, there was nothing like that. And yeah, I got called into the principal's office on that one. We've so I think that might be why I got kicked off the air for a week. Mr. So, <laughs> yep, there we go. <laughs> well, we're talking home improvement today. And you know, I want to talk a little bit about something that everybody forgets about their crawl space. Mm -hmm. That space underneath the floor, and, you know, it's typically dirt and plastic. You know, there's kind of three major construction styles out there for residential homes. You either have this old-school basement that's down there, and even some new homes, you can really do some cool stuff with basements. But really, you've got your basement, you've got your crawl space where there's maybe two, three feet. I've had crawl spaces that had like six or seven feet of space in there. I've also had them where they're 18 inches, which was horrible. And then there's a slab on grade where you just have that concrete slab sitting right on the ground and there's no space underneath it.
1: And your crawl space that can crawls- be cement and it can also be dirt. You don't necessarily have to have an all cement crawl space under there too. A lot of people have dirt. Yeah, I've got dirt Man.
0: under mine. Uh, mine's only about 24 to 30 inches in mine. So it, uh, by the time you put the heating and cooling ducts down there and some plumbing, it's, uh, it's not an easy one to navigate. And being that this ground around here is so rocky. We've got rocks that are like the size of a Vita bug around here, so sometimes they had to work around those, so you're crawling around this big rock, and uh, it's not easy to navigate. It's a little harder to even get your get your you know plastic down there to keep the moisture in, but the biggest problem is nobody or most people don't inspect them enough, so they really have no idea what's going down there, and We've all seen, I mean, you've probably seen tens of thousands of horrible crawl spaces in your in your career, but so many things can be going on wrong down there, and that ends up
1: coming up into your house,
0: and that's and, horrible.
1: And why it's important is that, you know, you've got, like you said, a lot of duct systems. Some people run their HVAC and their duct work right through that crawl space. So if you've got a crawl space that's got a lot of dampness, or you've got a crawl space that has tons of humidity, or you've got dust mites or bugs or any kind of, you're storing chemicals down there, that just all becomes part of your airstream because you know your ductwork isn't hermetically sealed. So this stuff gets pulled up from that crawl space. So that's why it's really important not to ignore it and say, oh, it's just a crawl space. We don't go down there. I hear that so many times from my clients. Like, we just don't go in the crawl space. And I'm like, okay, but it still affects you, right? Because of negative <laughs> pressure and then it seeps into your ductwork. That air is getting pulled in, so.
0: Well, if you think about it, uh, you know, it's uh like, well, Great example is that client that you called me with that was an Oregon client that we talked about last time we were on the air. They had just a horrible environment down in their crawl space down there. And that air was making it right up into their home. And you could see what that was doing to them.
1: Yeah, so we opened up, a. there was a hatch. And actually, Eric and I talked about it. When we opened the hatch, it was in the floor. And to look in the crawl space, they had no other access to get into the space. And so when we looked up to do testing, in the crawl space to see what their air quality was down there we noticed all of the insulation had turned this like black brown color and it wasn't traditional insulation that I was used to seeing usually it's pink or it's white or it's yellow and this had turned this sort of duty brown <laughs> if you will yeah so I got on the horn with Eric right away and I said Eric like this is in Oregon what's going on and and so you could tell him what we found this kind of yeah. You know, and it's it's interesting
0: because what happens if you think about an air filter, when you've got air traveling through that insulation and around it, that turns different colors depending on what the contaminants are. That ends up being the air filter, which isn't healthy anyway, because I don't want to breathe that fiberglass insulation. And if you've got that much air coming through it, you know, it's going to grab some of those fibers. Naturally, it's going to happen. So it's one of those things that To me, uh, if anybody has ever had any of that, uh, it was really popular in the 90s and 2000s, you know, that really light cream-colored carpet. If you've got a crawl space, if that carpet's been there for like 10 years, people will blame their carpet cleaner or their vacuum because you'll look around the outside and you'll see that little kind of darker tan stripe between the base molding and the carpet. And I'm like, no, that's not the vacuum in the carpet cleaner. That is the air that's coming up through the wall. Yeah, down through that gap, and now that carpet is an air filter. Now you can see that, so that's what you're breathing out of your crawl space, and that's not good for you as a as a human to be to be breathing whatever is down there. That's why you do a lot of testing with it.
1: Yeah, what's cool is that now you can air test for anything. And so typically, when we do just a basic like mold and allergen panel in somebody's house, we're looking at the particulate levels. And so when I look at that, I can break that down. So I can actually tell if you have a lot of freestanding insulation because people love to like insulate a basement and just leave the insulation just hanging, you know, in the space. And unfortunately, that starts getting out into your environment and you don't want to be breathing in fiberglass, obviously, for lots of reasons. Plus, it can make you all itchy and, you know, not feel so great. So, but we yeah. can test for that and it's kind of cool and you can tell. And then we tell people they've got to put some kind of cover, you know, over the insulation or make sure that they've got some kind of wallboard over it because you don't want it open.
0: When you think about asbestos, you know that you see out in the environment out there that's a mineral, and those little fibers get into your lungs. you know fiberglass I don't want those little fibers inside my lungs either, so it's good to get that stuff under control because uh I got a feeling down the road that could be our next unhealthy thing is when we figure out that those fiberglass fibers are not good for our lungs as well.
1: You know any little fine particle that's under what we call particulate of a two point five so it's like two point five micron particles or smaller. Once they get into your lungs, they can affect your, your genetics. They can change your genetics. They can affect your lungs, obviously, and make it difficult to breathe. But they can do all these different things to your immune system. So it's really important not to have a lot of this particulate in the air. And that's why we look for it. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be cellulose. It could be fiberglass. It could be birds.
0: All right. When we come back, let's talk more about that, including moisture, which is a huge problem. We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. with eric g this is where we talk home improvement every single weekend thanks for joining us we got caroline b in the studio here we're trying out some new technology i'm on the west coast she's on the east coast she's riding shotgun in this episode today thanks for having me i love having you on here again and this new technology is kind of fun east coast
1: representing
0: you got it. This is so much better than the uh, well, reel to reel machines that I used to use, you know, with the big reels of tape that we used to use when I was first in radio, my first radio job. And uh, it would break in the middle of a song, and I have to go up and try to quickly load it back <laughs> in, and we had dead air. It was horrible. It was horrible. Remember they,
1: it would fall off the reel track, it would like it'd be going off in here, and you're like, oh my god, it snapped, and we used to have to edit. Remember, you'd have to slice and we'd have to put everything together. Oh, that was crazy.
0: Tape it back together. It was horrible. Yeah, it's better than the carts, too. Uh, You know, having all the sound effects and stuff. I mean, we can have some fun here in the studio with that and be having a good time. And then you used to work on the Howard Stern Show, didn't you?
1: I did. My first internship. I worked for Howard and I ended up knocking into the carts in the office. So like I dumped, they had carts. I mean, oh, they were everywhere. And I just like knocked into them and they all fell on the ground. So Fred was trying to pull sound effects and he would pull like the wrong one. And Howard's like, what happened? He's like that Jenga intern. She knocked into all the carts, knocked everything down. And so from then on forward, I was called Jenga and it was just kind of a great experience. (laughs) <laughs> oh, thanks!
0: <laughs> I love these sound effects. You know, <laughs> it's awesome it's though. You know you, I mean? Here's the thing. You, you know,
1: slicing the wheel.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Sitting there with the little. Uh, we're dating ourselves, but that was <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. We've been sitting here talking, you know, today about kind of trying to get that crawl space taken care of. It's that what I say the most forgotten place of a house because. Most people look at that crawl space and go, I don't want to go anywhere near it. I'm going to hire somebody to go down there. I don't want to touch it. Mm-hmm. And this can be a DIY project, but you need to understand what you're doing before you even try to tackle this. And it's not just putting down plastic and putting in some you know, plugs to keep it from freezing in the winter. Moisture is one of the biggest enemies of that space and inside your house. And if you think about it, moisture can do more damage than fire can. So you got to be really careful with it. And this is right in your wheelhouse, Caroline, because you know this super well, because you deal with it 24 seven in your line of work.
1: Absolutely. So the first thing anyone's got to do, you've got to monitor that space. So I don't care if you pick up, you know, go down to a local hardware store, wherever you want to go and pick up a monitor that tells you relative humidity and temp. And you want to put that in the space. so You can kind of monitor, well, what's going on? Do I have a moisture problem? Is my relative humidity too high? How much dampness do I have? And you have to remember a lot of that dampness, it's not just about mold. It's about that it causes issues with dust mites. So if you've got mold and you've got dust mites as well because dust mites feed on relative humidity. You won't have dust mites if you keep your relative humidity below 55%. So you've got to address all these issues down in the crawl space. And the first thing to do is get yourself a good monitor. Stick it down there.
0: Yeah. And there's so many, you can get a good monitor. I mean, just jump online, grab one. Um, what I started to do to test mine because I didn't have a, a monitor I actually grabbed my outdoor weather station and put it down there. Cause they gave me a relative humidity temperature, all that. And I just had, I mean, not, not something crazy. It's not some big, huge scientific piece. It's like a $50 thing off Amazon, but I put the sensor down there to see where I was at. It was nice.
1: Yeah. And then you can monitor, move that thing around, you know, like it comes with a remote monitor. So you have your station, which yep. tells you where it currently is, your temp and relative humidity yep. in that room. And then you can move the monitor around your house and you can put it in the basement, first floor, second floor and get readings. It's great. That's really great. Accurate. makes
0: It's space. a smart way to go. And that way, you know what you're dealing with, because, you know, if you're going to have to put a dehumidifier in there, let's say, let's say you've got, you know, 60 plus humidity down there that's going to unleash, like you said, a ton of problems. And so there's different sizes of dehumidification. There's, you know, whether or not you're putting plastic down there, or if you're actually going to encapsulate the crawl space, there's a lot of variables when you dive into this and start to understand a little bit of the weeds on this one.
1: Yeah. So, you know, you, I always kind of think of it as, do you want the crawl space to be part of the house or do you want it to be separate from the house? And you have those options. But if you have it be separate, which means you're bringing in ventilation from the exterior and ventilating it, then you've got to worry about, you know, is, it, is your climate too humid? What else are you going to bring in from the outside that can contaminate, the, contaminate that space? Or you can make that space what we call part of the house, which means you seal it up, make it tight, but then you've got to be running dehumidification. Otherwise, you will definitely have a mold problem or a dust problem or a bug problem. So, and they make all kinds of dehumidification now. I mean, we have 70 pints, we have 90 pints, we have 100 pints, and that's the amount of water that you're able to take out of a space. They go up to, you know, 205. So they're really, the dehumidification market, and it's a growing market, has really advanced the technologies. You don't just have dehumidifiers anymore. You also have ventilation on there. You have the option for filtration. So you could have a dehumidifier with a filter, which is what I prefer. Like you can put a MERV 13 on there. Some of them have MERV 11s. There's a lot of great companies. You know, thermostor we talk about all the time. We talk about April Air. They've got really great dehumidification, so um, it's important to really get an assessment as to what your needs are down there. Because typically, you need one, right, Eric? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see many spaces anymore, especially underground, that don't need one.
0: Well, even if you've got, you know, maybe you've got a house down in the desert southwest and you're you're basically built up on sand, even that if you're running irrigation outside for your for your plants and stuff up close to the house, you can still get plenty of humidity down there. And the problem is in most areas of the country, especially up in the northern states, during the winter time, you've got that cold exterior foundation wall and that's a great easy place for water to condense when you've got that cold surface and you've got warm air, that can be just like that glass of water basically that you put down on the you know in the summertime you put the glass down and it's cold you know maybe it's your cocktail whatever it is that water that's running down the outside of that that can be just like your foundation wall with high humidity now you got mold
1: your cocktail that matches your shirt hey yeah
0: <laughs> i got my me first of the gimme give mes punk rat shirt on
1: <laughs> he's got martinis on his shirt for those people who cannot see <laughs> eric currently since this is a podcast i need yep. a sound effect control right about now Like a a drinking sound. We have a gulp.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll have some fun with that. That's the fun part is we can load up all these different things and we'll be able to, you and I are going to have dueling battles with this. I can see this the next time I have you on. This is going to be awesome. We're going to run out of time here. We got to get going into the next break. But when we come back, let's talk a little bit more about the dehumidification process and how people can tackle this kind of project. And take it on themselves we'll do that just as soon as around the house returns hey it's eric g with around the house are you looking to grow your business need a spokesperson for your company maybe an mc for an upcoming trade show or maybe you want to up your game and shoot some promotional videos. My team of experts would love to chat with you. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com and fill out the contact us form, and we'll set something up. Thanks for listening to Around the House.
1: Hey, this is Farewell, Farewell Angelina. Angelina, and you're listening to Around the House with Eric G. It goes down so smooth. glass
0: back to Around the House with Eric G., your home improvement source every weekend. Thanks for joining us. Hey, if you want more information about the show, head over to aroundthehouseonline.com. And you can see everything there from the podcasts to videos I've made. Everything around the house is in that one location. Of course, we're on every social media channel, I think, out there. Except uh, TikTok, that's a whole other story because I ain't got time for that stuff. Well, We got... In the studio here, we got an East Coast, West Coast thing going on. We got our uh, guest co-host today, Caroline B., America's Healthy Home Expert. Welcome back.
1: Hey. We're, hey,
0: hey. we're going to have some fun <laughs> here. You know, this technology we're using, we've been playing around with this new tech, so her and I can see each other cross-country. This is pretty cool. This is so much easier than my crazy radio days when I was working at this little station in uh, Kennewick, Washington, and that was my first radio gig, so I was... <laughs> My buddy Tony Ott, I was his talk sports producer, and so I was uh, talk sports, Tri-Cities, I was his producer, and he used to do the hockey games there as well, but when I worked nights at the country station, there'd be time where I'd be- Yeehaw. Yeah, exactly. It was country fresh K-O-T-Y <laughs> Yo. in the ass, yeah, so it was, it was crazy, and then at the top of the hour, I would have to run across the lobby, and I'd be like doing the- you know, the jumping over chairs and everything else, trying to get over to the AM station across there because I had like seven to 10 seconds for me to get out of there, run across over there and hit the brake because nothing was really automated. So I'd have to go over there and hit the buttons, hit that. And while the reel-to-reel tape was playing on the other side, I had to make sure and get the satellite set up for the show that was coming up. So I'm over there playing Mr. Wizard, turning dials and knobs and, and everything, and then have to run back over and not be... Welcome back to Cut Your Res. Can I do it? You know, because it was it, I get the best <laughs> exercise of my teen years probably better than even playing sports was running back and forth every ten minutes trying to control the stations and now they have automation where everything's kind
1: of like computer. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, it's just it was just a different world. It's it's kind of incredible that we've seen those kind of changes and just, how it's become this.
0: Yeah, just in a few years. Well, I wanted to get back to, you know, getting back to home improvement here. We were talking crawl spaces here in the last few segments, and I wanted to put a nice little bow around this one about talking about, you know, some of this can be a DIY project. I know people get intimidated about, oh, my gosh, having the crawl space cleaned out, putting new visqueen plastic down, you know, maybe removing insulation and coming up with a way to seal that up so you can put in, you know, dehumidification and some of that stuff and getting it where you want it to be. But, some of this is maybe best left for professionals, some of it's a DIY project. I mean, cleaning it out and putting down the if you have an attention to detail, getting that part done and getting the the new vapor barrier down is not that big a deal if you know what you're doing.
1: I think too you've got to really weigh it out, like see how much mold contamination you might have down there. So if you're over 10 square feet and you really seem like you've got a lot of growth on the beams and you've got stuff going on, Funk underneath, you need to get a professional in there because you don't want to be breathing that stuff in. And if you are, you really need to wear a respirator. You need to have a Tyvek suit on. You can't be breathing in all the mycotoxins and molds that are down there. So that's the first thing. If you are going to do a DIY, make sure that you're protecting yourself. And if not, and it's overwhelming, then you bring in a mold remediation company. There's a lot of water restoration companies that are great. So you can bring in somebody professional, but definitely get, like we said, Eric, always get multiple estimates talk to them because there's a lot of shysters and people who will take you for a lot of money when you don't need to. There are some
0: great contractors out there and we've talked about it more and more on this show than probably any other out there of making sure that whoever you bring in down there to do the work is licensed, bonded, insured. And if you're having a dehumidification system put in down there, you've got some things that you've got to work with. You've got to get power down there. You might have to get air coming in for ventilation You've got where's the water going to be going afterwards. So you've got some things that you have to plan out, and maybe that's best for the professional to to have that electrician run that circuit down there correctly and have that installed correctly down there because you're not going to be down there checking it all the time. And so you want to make sure you get it installed right the first time.
1: And water drainage is key, right? So when you run these big dehumidifiers, and we're recommending commercial-grade DUs, these are taking out not like a, a, a regular go to the home improvement store, pick up a 60 pint. These are units that take out 70, 90, 100 pints of water. So you have to have somewhere where that's going. It's not going to back up on you. You're not going to, it's not going to leak. And also if you're in colder climates, you don't want that going to the outside and it freezes up and then you end up with a break, pipe, break or a a water issue in your wall. So.
0: Oh man, I had a guy that I went and looked at a foundation with great example. He had a sump pump down there and he's like, I just, the water's coming in just as fast as it, it, that I'm pumping it out. And, I mean, he literally had just, it was about like what a, a faucet would be at like 20%, uh, you know, like a hose faucet coming in, in through this crack in his wall. And I'm like, that's a lot of water. I said, let me try something here. <laughs> I unplugged his, I said, where's this, where's your sump pump going? He goes, oh, outside. I unplugged the sump pump and I counted to 20 seconds and the water kept coming out. He had his own water feature because he was pumping it outside It was going out about three or four feet away from the house, and it created a path down to that crack. And it was just one big circle back in. And his pump when it was raining was just running. And I'm like, dude. And so we went outside, and he had a scrap piece of 10-foot ABS pipe out there. Go, this is not your solution, but let's put that hose in that and see what happens. It turned on, and we stood down there for a half hour. It only ran for probably 25 seconds. But it was just that simple He was circulating water just like it was a water pond pump out in his, you know, in his front driveway. He just had a water feature going and didn't realize what he was doing.
1: Well, that's what happens all the time too. Like people think, oh, I'm going to pump the water out. But if you don't pump it out further enough away from your foundation, all you're doing is sucking it back in. So you're just creating this cyclical pattern of I put the water out, then the water comes back in. So you don't want to do that. You want to have drainage for these things so that the water is either going out you know down your septic or going away down your down your sewer system you don't want it to be coming back in the house so it's got to be piped away far away
0: when in doubt with this type of situation bring the experts in make sure you've got the right one and then you're going to be good to go because do your research you know take a look online i'm not the biggest yelp person but uh, you know there's a lot of different ways to find that good contractor
1: I've got a place, acac.org. If you're looking for a mold remediator, make sure they have a certified mold remediation certificate. So go on acac.org and they list all your indoor air quality people, restoration people, water damage people, and you can find someone who's actually certified.
0: See, Caroline, you got all the information hiding over there, don't you? <laughs>
1: it's my it's my big brain. <laughs> it's your
0: big brain. Look at that. <laughs> Oh, we're having fun in here. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about, <laughs> I'm going to use that to transition. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about, you know, another place that we have unhealthy rooms, you know, and that's anywhere we have that moisture inside the house. You know, I one of the biggest questions that I probably get year in and year out, especially when people are doing some cleaning up around the house, is what do I do when I've got that mold and mildew, like in a bathroom, for instance? Maybe you've got that... You know, bathroom vent fan that's not working well, and there's that that you know, orange, black, green, whatever it is, uh, is growing on the on the on the shower ceiling or you know someplace on the wall in there. And I I can't believe how many people that I see out there that go, oh, just uh, I wiped it down with bleach and then I just painted over it right away with that um, mold killing primer and I was good. And I'm like, that is going to come back and haunt you someday. What's your take on this, Caroline?
1: Well, bleach is a no-no, people. You do not use bleach. They've basically, EPA, that is not the recommended standard for removing mold anymore. Old school. So what the bleach does is if you have a mold spore, it bleaches it out so you no longer see it. But the beta-glucan, the protein, all the things there, it's substance that makes it nasty, stays behind and affects you. So all it does is bleach out the color. You need to use like a microbial agent, something even... I mean, I even like hydrogen peroxide is a much better choice, but even products like concrobium um, you can pick up at a local hardware store. That stuff is good. You know, if you have a mold problem and you really have to address it, but obviously if there's mold in your shower, you've got an issue behind that shower. So you need to really investigate where it's coming from.
0: Yeah, it's surprising with my new bathroom that I did, you know, I've got a, a really good fan in there. And then what I did is I put in that blower system that actually dry, blows dry, you know, conditioned air into it when I'm done, we have had like zero mildew problems in that because I have a fan that's that turns on with humidity and stays on with humidity so I can turn it on and just walk away. When the humidity gets to the preset area that I want, it turns off. But having that and getting that shower dry afterwards, it has eliminated any type of mildew. And the shower stays so much cleaner when you don't have that residual humidity and all that kind of funk that can grow in the shower that so many people deal with out there.
1: Who makes the fan, Eric? Which fan did you put in I for put the in, a, it's
0: Armada. So uh, A-I-R-M-A-D-A, I believe, Armada. And it's a, uh, if you're doing a system like this. So what I liked is because my, my, here was my concern in my bathroom. If we talk about my project for a second, my concern was, we'll have to go out to break here in a minute, but my concern was it's a steam shower. So the door shuts and it's going to be a sealed unit. And I didn't want to walk out of the shower and then come in and have this space inside the shower that was just going to be a moldy, mildew mess because there was no real way to have any kind of airflow in there. And then my friends over at the shower door place down the street from me here said, hey, you need to meet these guys. And I looked at it and it was awesome. Let's do that. Let's talk about it when I come back here, when we come back from from break because this is a good little trick if you're doing a bathroom this could save you a ton of squeegeeing get rid of the squeegee all those marks on the shower door we'll talk about that just as soon as around the house returns Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G, your home improvement source every weekend. Thanks for joining us. Hey, make sure you check out the podcast. If you're listening on the podcast, that's great. But if you're on the radio, you can catch out the podcast. I think we've got 33 different ways to find it out there. So no matter what podcast player you're listening to, you can catch it all right there. Well, we've got in the passenger seat here today, riding shotgun. We got Caroline B, America's Healthy Home Expert. Welcome
1: back, Caroline. Hey, hey
0: we're having a good time in here playing with some new technology. And it's like bringing back all these radio memories. I mean, I, so I'd have to work. I, I was working two jobs at the time. So I was going to high school. I had two jobs working full time, you know, doing my own little solo gig. And I remember going in, I'd worked this midnight to six shift on Friday night and they always locked up the coffee cause they were super cheap and there wasn't a microwave in that station. So I remember sitting there at about four o'clock in the morning, just dozing off going, I've been up for over 24 <laughs> hours and I'm dying. And so I went in, I remember I did this more than once. It's totally <laughs> shameful, but I would sit there and and I'd take the Mr. Coffee coffee maker, cause this is the way before the days of Keurig. And I would run the coffee back through <laughs> yesterday's coffee back through the coffee maker to heat it up and maybe clean it up <laughs> a little bit. And it would run it back through and I would put the coffee mug back in, you know, coffee pot back underneath there with no filter or anything in it. And it would just run it through again, and then I had some kind of some kind of coffee that was just burnt to a snot. <laughs> and I'm sure it was Folgers or something horrible, but uh, the things we used to do in radio.
1: <laughs> when you're up all night in a radio station, like, crazy stuff happens when you do overnights, and your brain is not working.
0: <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. I just, my worst fear was always just falling asleep, you know, making sure I wasn't i wasn't the dead air guy while I was snoozing because it's somebody else that happened to when I worked at the station. And I think that's how I got the overnight shift, actually, is because they did. And they went, next up, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're going to have some fun. But I, I didn't want to fail like that, you know.
1: <laughs> oh, my God.
0: The good fails that we have.
1: <laughs> With your nasty coffee. Well, we've
0: been talking about bathrooms here. I know, it. got to have that coffee. We've been talking bathrooms and, and how to get those things cleaned up, and that's the big problem that you can run into out there. We've been talking mold and mildew and that kind of stuff, and one of the biggest problems that I see is you know a lot of those 1970s and earlier houses had like a tub shower, and they put a window in there. Maybe it was a single-hung window or some kind of window in there, and it was before they really wanted to put vent fans in, so that was quote-unquote ventilation. The problem is, though, is that was always one of the biggest sources of mold and mildew in there because you'd have this cold surface, you know, six months out of the year, the water would get in there, and then it would leak down into the wall behind it. I can't tell you how many homes that have peeled back plastic tub surrounds, and you could see where there used to be studs in there. There used to be lumber in there, and it was just a big old rat's nest of junk, and they were breathing that inside the house
1: horrible I still have a bathroom I still have a window in my bathroom because it was 1965 so obviously we also have a vent fan you need to just because you have a window doesn't mean you don't put a vent fan in you need to do both correct well you know it's
0: funny and that's one thing I realized across the United States is vent regulations are so different from state to state for instance here where I'm at in Oregon Building code says that in a kitchen, I have to have a vent that goes outside, period. I can't use one of the recirculating ones in a bathroom or even a laundry. I have to have a vent fan that goes outside with a timer that has at least a 20-minute runtime on it that you can turn it on and walk away with. I know plenty of places out there that I've talked to people that have called into the show where locally they say vent fan or other... Natural sources of ventilation, which is a window. And if they have a window that opens, code says they don't have to put a vent fan in. To me, that's crazy. Yeah,
1: talk. Delaware. I my dad lives in Delaware there. and he has no vent fan in the kitchen. He has no ventilation for the, he's got these um propane fake fireplaces that were just putting carbon monoxide right out into the space. So no venting for that. I mean, <sighs> and these are like, you know, nice houses down in like the Rehoboth Beach area, you know, nice area of Delaware. And, just because you're buying something and you think that it's built properly doesn't mean it is. So you really need to check that stuff in inspection. My dad didn't even realize, you know, when he bought it, that he didn't even have a kitchen fan. He just didn't, you know, didn't think about it.
0: Yeah. Most people, that's one that gets missed so much. Uh, The the house inspectors miss it. And even worse these days with all the housing that we have out there. I know so many people, I think I've got more friends buying houses right now that the seller have said that there's no inspections that are allowed Mm -hmm. because they've got 10 offers on it oh you're gonna waive your inspection great okay oh you've got a, a cash offer great that's how you're gonna get the house but again that's those things where people are waiving inspections those things are so important to make sure you know what you got because you could spend a pretty penny having to go in and remodel that and add that back in there just for your health and safety exactly
1: well i had a client five minutes before our, our you know podcast started he was basically out in Los Angeles and he's buying a house and he sees the problems and he's like I'm afraid that if we start arguing or complaining about what's going on in the house that we're going to lose the deal. So, you know, this is a big issue. You know, you do need to do your due diligence even if the market's hot, even if there's 10 offers coming in, you really should be because you will get burned on the back end if you don't do it. So, you need to be checking for mold, you need to be checking for water damage, you need to be checking if, you know, structurally things are sound and uh, and I know people don't want to do it cuz they're afraid to lose it, but you need to
0: It's so important. It's so important. And before you go in there and get this, you know, here's one rule that I have at least for, you know, cleaning up that bathroom to get it painted or laundry room or any other place like that where you got that mold and mildew on the wall, you got to go through and kill that thing first. Kill it, clean it up, get it done. We talked about that in the last segment a little bit. Don't expect that you're going to put on one of these mold killing primers and it says mold killing primers Mm -hmm. on it. Don't expect that to do the heavy lifting for you. You've got to take care of it before you cover it up. And uh, don't lean on the product to do it for you. Get the actual concrobium or whatever you're going to do. Knock it out, then go back and make it Yeah,
1: make sure you find your source. Because if you don't find your source, it's coming back. So you need to cut your humidity. Make sure your humidity is low in the bathroom, whether it be with a fan, any kind of ventilation, the kind of fan Eric was talking about installing. And then make sure, you know, exhaust fan, obviously and then you've got to really make sure you don't have any water leaks condensation if the bathroom's over 25 years old that is my threshold you need to remodel you cannot let these kitchen and bathrooms go more than 20 25 years because you have condensation that happens you know under toilets under sinks under showers all of that and it just builds up and you end up getting mold problems so if you're over 20 years old you need a remodel call eric (laughs) that's
0: a good one that's a good one That is a really good one. Well, Caroline, we're running out of time here today, but I wanted to thank you for coming on and uh, flying shotgun with me today and uh, trying out this new technology. This is fun. And where can people find you? You
1: can find us at healthyhomeexpert.com or My Healthy Home, which is the name of the company that I am CEO of. And come visit us, check out healthier ways to do things. We love to talk to people, hear your story and help you out. So thanks for having me, Eric. It was so fun.
0: You got it. And if you've got any other questions, make sure and head them over to aroundthehouseonline.com. If you drop something over there, we can get back to you at the Contact Us page. Thanks for listening to Around the House. Come on.